Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This week in league, Michael Maguire relieved as the West Tigers board failed to find their fucking why. From the penthouse to the shithouse, Melbourne Storm can no longer afford free jet skis. They're reduced to offering free memberships. Anthony Milford's claim he was kicking a bin is at odds with eyewitness claims he was kicking a dishwasher. Plus, we look forward to all the action for the grand final qualifier, the 2021 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 436 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I am a masturbating typer, apparently. Look, the, Welcome I don't, the, way, I, the way I find out about these things is because I fucking hear about it when people are like, oh, who's, fucking, who's typing and you know, who's tapping the keys away, blah, 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 you know, who's clicking their mouse, or, you know, all that sort of shit. Mm. So then I have to go back to the file and investigate. I'm like, oh, yeah. And because I've got three files, three tracks there to look at, it's really easy to fucking isolate <laughs> which one has the noise all over it. <laughs> and invariably, in the year of our Lord, 2021, it's uh, it's Glenny. <laughs> so, uh, cheers for that, Glenny, I'm and just uh, congratulations. Busy. I'm just busy. There's a lot going on. Which is probably unfair. Seeing as I'm the one that sits here fucking drinking and eating and fucking around with stuff all the time. Yeah. I just I just want to say <laughs> that your use of your mute, like flicking the microphone up and muting has saved everyone some very enthusiastic coughing episodes Look, over, over well, the last six to nine months that you've been sick. <laughs> back in the day, it became a feature of this show, particularly through the, the, the colder sort of, you know, July, <laughs> August period of recording. It became a... A regular feature of the show uh, with Glennie sniffling uh, and like one or both of us being sick, yeah, for like six weeks during that period. Yeah. Now, because of the the uh, the advent of of COVID and the fact that people are separated and wearing masks and practicing proper fucking hygiene, and the fact that Jay no has had sick. AIDS for nine months. But yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Jay has uh, late stage, like late stage AIDS. <laughs> at the moment because uh, if people if people knew how often he has to flick off the mic and just absolutely have a coughing fit in the background while we're trying to keep it together it's... saying what we're saying while he's like break dancing in the fucking Skype window <laughs> look I have a problem yes, not you do. breathing while I drink <laughs> it's why my dreams of being an Olympic swimmer were never realised <laughs> Oh, quality. So, this week, 
we've got some news from the Tigers. Finally, it's not just it. It's not just uh, we're not just there, you know, inserting it just to, to give Glenn something to talk about. But this week, there's actual news, and uh, Madge. Somewhat surprisingly, if you follow the, if you follow the the, you know, the media narratives, Madge is somewhat surprisingly being uh, saved. For his position is uh, is uh, well, I'm not going to say it's <laughs> secured, but everything that uh, you know from the chairman is, is is saying, look, he's got two years left on his contract, and we're not putting the you know he doesn't have this proving period, or there's not this six to eight week sort of. Uh, trial where he's under enormous pressure. He has two years left and we anticipate that he will be fulfilling the two years. Obviously that sort of stuff is, is very, very flexible if they go zero and six to start the next season. But well, tell me so, this year, what were Manly at the end of six rounds? Um, like, good question. I'm not sure, not but they'd only had to, they only had two wins though. So they couldn't have been far off the bottom and, uh, you know, they certainly weren't in for and against anyway, but I'd say they were probably getting off the bottom at that stage. Cause what the doggies only won three games and the third one was in the last round. So they probably weren't in the bottom, but yeah, but also, but also there's the, the optics of where they were too, because sure they were two wins and four losses and had a terrible for and against because of the first four rounds. But there was certainly a graph that was charting upwards where they had a, a narrow win against the Warriors, and then the very next week they beat the Titans like thirty six nil or something. Yeah, but, but what so, I'm trying to get to is that it, it it always amazes me that they'll go, okay, we'll give this guy another another season, we'll give him a mm-hmm. full off season with the players, but we'll only give him four to six weeks at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it did the, say he did go to on to say that 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 wasn't what they were saying. Like he's he's yeah he's giving him the season. He's not going to play, you know, six to eight rounds. He's not going to yeah. The, the way the way game. he said it was, the way he he was led down the path of addressing. Or oh, does he yeah. have a six to six yeah. to eight week sort of trial yes. period? And he said, no one said that. No no one's giving him any guarantees. But I'm going to give him. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm coming out and saying there is no six to eight week thing. Yeah. And went on from there. But which with means these things they've said we can sack you at any time, and they haven't said. We will make a decision within six to eight weeks on whether you stay or whether you go. Yeah, well, as far as they're concerned, yeah. at least at least as of yesterday, they've they've made the decision that he's staying, and at this stage, that that entails two two more seasons at the at the top. Yep. Um, which is you know, it it feels like this whole operation with Madge is something that has been a I don't know trying to flush out moles inside the club or something as well because the amount of the amount of mail coming out of the club through certain media uh, people was that he was you know definitely definitely getting the sack on Monday night definitely and then the board meeting you know, never actually happened and then it was it was revised and uh, and took place on the Tuesday morning yeah and um and then he was retained. So it always feels like it's like a, some sort of operation to say, yeah. okay, tell, this is tell what we're five gonna, different we're, people five different stories and see which yeah. one comes out of the media. Now, now, yeah, now what does the media say? Oh, he's definitely getting sacked. Okay, so that's we seeded that through this person, and uh, that's the end of that. And the only real change, I think, based on their review, unfortunately for fans of Tiger Town, of course. I mean, well, the good look, it's got good news and bad news about Tiger Town. The good news is 
they've uh, they've they've maintained the main character. They've retained the main character for season two, if it's going to happen. <laughs> but unfortunately, much much beloved, much beloved minor character of the show, Wayne Collins, aka Snoopy, he is going to be gone for twenty twenty two. So uh, unfortunately. <laughs> But uh, unfortunately, he He's won't be back. Uh, obviously, they keep Simon Dwyer there because uh, yeah, they only had to pay him as a featured extra because he didn't actually have any lines. So, <laughs> and I mean, Badge was probably the same, wasn't he? So they just they course, sat you know, Simon Dwyer down and said, "Mate, there's, there's really no use for you here. You know, if you can give us a good reason." And then eventually, they just sat there and nobody said anything. It got really awkward. And the Tigers didn't have the stones to sack him. I think he's more like can't a... Can't utter a word. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's... It's one of those things where he's just he's just brain-fucked them into thinking he's this absolute font of wisdom because he's just, a, he's just emotionless and doesn't say anything. And so... <laughs> he's like a sure he's, he's, he's like the silent Bob sort of character. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. Which would, which would make which would make Jay like it would make that match because I mean he's just like fucking fucking everything. Fuck yeah, fucking. that's exactly it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so match is back. So as Tigers fan, Glenny, where are you at with it? Oh, How you I feel going into the next season? A, I think it's the right decision. Um, I'm just waiting to see. They've they've gone from all the speculation around. Maguire's job to Snoop being the the fall guy, and mm-hmm. and there will be more changes to the coaching staff apparently. Um, so I don't know what where that leaves Ronnie Palmer, but um, I just I want to see the players be held accountable. Yeah, apparently uh, in that in that interview they had with uh, the chairman that I read today, there was talk about Luke Brooks. And it was that oh he's their he's their guy going forward for for the next two years. Yeah. He's uh he he, he loves the club. Junior That's good. I love the club career too. there. I'm not with looking to put number seven on my back every week and fuck. He's absolutely determined. He's determined that he is absolutely determined to be the seven for the club going forward and uh reports that, that he has not enjoyed his time under Michael Maguire and off base. They say. Right. As they paper over the cracks. Mm, yeah. If it's if he's kept his job and he and he's I, I don't know. Does it mean he's got a bigger stick to wield now after three seasons of poor results? Well you've but you've also got Genius coming back in there as well. Yeah. And and it, it has been stated that they they haven't really finalised the hierarchy and how it's all going to work. But it has been said explicitly that that Genius, just by nature of his achievements in the game, his time in the game, and his age, is going in there as like a senior figure. Yeah. In the coaching ranks, coaching, so I heard that it was going to develop into a coaching director type. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and or head and, of football performance slash coaching director. How the fuck have we have they as the board made the decision to bring someone of Tim Sheen's experience back to the club with no clear direction as to what role he's going to play? That sounds like horseshit. But can I say what's a coaching director? Well, it's a guy that directs the coaches, mate. Isn't that a head coach? 
It's a guy who directs I'd the. Say... It's a guy who do. It's a guy who directs the guy who directs the coach. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to add another fucking layer on top of the cake. Fucking tigerception. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So yeah, and, and it's obviously if you do, if you are trying to play at Tigerception, then you know why not bring in one of the greats in the genius. Mm, can't wait, great great friend of the show. Can't wait. Gave, gave <laughs> us gave us a lot of material. Sydney <laughs> Moore. Back in oh. the day. Now uh, let's look at some other news stories that happened. Anthony Milford. We were so happy for him getting out of the Broncos. We were happy for the way that he he showed some real form there at the end of the season, mm. you know, providing a bit of hope for you know potential resurrection down there at the Rabbits. And unfortunately, though, he uh, found himself in a bit of trouble uh, in the early hours of the morning. Um, an assault incident. I believe he's been charged with three counts of assault, occasioning, occasioning bodily harm. And uh, and there was an altercation with his wife allegedly, and uh, then there's uh, a situation that people saw that saw that happening, and they sort of came in to you know intervene or you know see what was up, and he uh, allegedly started uh, throwing down on them as well. And uh, the Broncos sort of released a, a statement that said, "Look, well, yeah, don't look at us, mm. like." Whilst he is technically under contract with us until the end of October, he uh, his duties with the team have been completed. Well, what was that thing that his his contractual obligations are completed and he's on leave until he takes correct. up his new position? Yeah, I mean they've had their Mad Monday. They won't. The players are on holidays anyway. He yep. won't be returning at the next pre preseason training because he's going elsewhere, and that's that. So it's gone to the Integrity Commission, and no doubt before the the Popo as well. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just the latest in a, in a string of bad behaviours. The Broncos. I mean, we spoke about the uh, the the Flegler and uh, Jordan Ricky situation, and there's another one there with TC Rabadi allegedly <laughs> committing what's you know seems to be quite a, a minor. It's, it's a dangerous operation of a motor vehicle where allegedly he was in the passenger seat of of, uh, of, of a car driven by his partner. Uh, she missed the turn in the valley, and so he grabbed the steering wheel and tried to complete that turn for her <laughs> swerving, swerving swerving dangerously <laughs> on the road TC's, oh. TC's driving school exactly jumped TC. on the jumped on the passenger brake <laughs> yep yep and uh, and so that was that so yeah not a super serious one but gee they've been hit with a couple of incidents of bad behaviour over the last month mm. what else have we got here the Dally M Awards. We had the first of the big two-parter Dally M Awards. Uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you guys didn't watch it. Correct. Were we recording? We yeah. were, we were recording for much of it, yeah. And that's uh, a fucking great limb you're out on. <laughs> well, you know, who might know you? What you've got running on your second monitor okay. while we're recording? Um, I'm sure you could take an educated guess. <laughs> yeah. I probably could, but I'm going to. I'm going to politely decline to have that guess. <laughs> um, I believe the, the, the website in question uh, starts with E and ends with fucked. Now. No, it was actually educational material to better myself. That's what the E stands for, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like e-learning except different. 
<laughs> learning, now, uh, your, learning by your dickhole. Wow. Wow. Okay, Glenn, geez, we have to drag us into the gutter, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, they had the first half of the, the Dally M's, which mostly revolved around uh, giving the, 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 the No Shit Sherlock Awards such as uh, you know, the top try scorer, the Ken Irvine medal, which went to Alex Johnson. Um, the top point scorer went to Ruben Garrick. The tackle of the year went to Xavier Coates, which was the one where they were playing the Rabbits. Gay, yeah. guy, gay guy intercepted the, the ball, and uh, and Coates was the, the guy that eventually got to him and sort of crock-rolled him yep. over the touchline, like centimetres out from the try line, which was, it was fucking amazing. So... Uh, very well deserved, and uh, unfortunately for the Broncos, he'll be doing that for the Storm from here on in. Uh, the try of the year was uh, Tommy Turbo, which was the last try that Manly scored in the last game of the season. The length of the field won after the siren against the Cowboys, started by Ruben yep. Garrick deep in the end goal. And the VB hardest working player of the year was Isaiah Papali'i from the Eels. And uh, look, I honestly, I don't care enough to fucking look into the the criteria of what makes someone the hardest working player of the year. I assume it's the same metrics that they use for that stupid fucking stat that they interject into games uh, every now and then, you know, with the VB hard, hard working index or whatever it is. How the fuck uh, does he get the hardest working player in the game? Well, he's not working for 80 minutes a game. No, that is, that is correct. You know who does work for 80 minutes a game? At least his brain is working overdrive. Some would say to the point just, of complete and utter malfunction. Can I put out here, Brooks. no matter what you say here, it's going to be a disappointment. Yeah. It's David Nofaluma. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. See? You had to go there, did you? His, could the amount of processing that goes through his brain for 80 minutes a week, none of it actually gets processed, but those wheels are spinning at an absolute frenzied pace. That's a lot of fucking hard work going on up there. He doesn't get enough credit. I don't think there's any... He deserves... The whole whole point is there is no hard work going on there. (laughs) No, it doesn't get from his brain. Not on the video sessions. It doesn't get from his brain to his body, so he actually, like... Scoring a junk time try and then stretching out the logo on your jumper to the crowd... Is not hard work. What about kissing the logo? No, That's not still not. What hard about work. what? What about what about using your your Twitter finger to to assign blame for your defensive inabilities <laughs> on your A and B defenders and and specifically Moses and Bai? Is that hard working? Where's he going next year? Is he off to England? Who Moses and Bai Dragons? No, he's going to Dragons. Dragons yeah, okay. That's right. He's gonna kill it there. Fuck. Please. Without Noffa blaming him for everything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we also yeah, narrowed down some of the categories and we got down to the uh, the final five players in contention for the 2021 Dalian medal. Uh, some, let's face it, none of these names are uh, particularly a surprise, but uh, we'll run them down anyway with uh, DCE, Nathan Cleary, Teddy, Tommy Turbo and Cody Walker. There you go. So from looking at the live count as they're going week by week, I think I think Turbo's got it covered. Yeah, he um, should. Based on the number of points that yeah he's already sort of accumulated, I can't see the points for anyone else to get it off him. But um yeah we'll see how we go. <sighs> I don't really have any thoughts either way on the uh, 
on on the actual process and splitting it into two weeks. It's going to make the actual ceremony night, which was next Monday, it's going to make it probably more, you know, it's going to be a lot more concise yeah. and not drawn out, I think. Mm. And so, and that's, that, that's probably, you know, not a bad thing. But Look, uh, the, the Dally M's are unfortunately, the, we say this every fucking year, there's no consistency around who votes for what. As in, yeah. there's a random assortment of cunts that have some association with Fox Media and their, you know, uh, associated entities. Oh, and the game, the game in general, like you know, whoever happens to be running the sideline for, a, you know, like you've got you've got your judges and they and you know, highlighted by the the you know, so, some some uh, weird selections of points allocations. Uh, like you know, famously Ryan Sims was it last year? Yeah, that was a game there. So, like, didn't watch the game and yeah. had awarded points or something. Yeah. So, but uh, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, the name, the names up there have all had fantastic seasons, and I'm sure that you know whoever wins, it's going to be, uh, yeah. you know, very deserving. And uh, it's it's crazy to see that some of these players up there, particularly. Tommy and Cleary are are up there with a Half number a of games a number of games yeah. out, you know, for for the both of them. How many games has Cleary missed total now? It's probably about the same as Tommy, to be honest. Yeah, I mean when you take Origin I mean, you take Origin into account, Tommy missed the first the four shoulder. weeks. Yeah. And then Cleary's missed how many how many weeks did he miss out six. after Origin? I think he missed, he missed a, yeah, so it's they're they're probably close to the same yeah. amount of games off. And Tommy had that extra one where he sort of sat out because of the cheek thing against um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Canberra late in the season. But uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who wins. And of course, on uh, next Monday, we'll also get the uh, the the team of the year guys and uh, the coach and captain, rookie and that sort of stuff as well. Yep. So uh, all good. And congratulations to the five people who got there. And. Uh, and of course, yeah, Daly's already fucking massive winner after being clu- included in that Foxtel on that Fox Sports commercial talking about the clutch players, and it goes like Jordan and fucking like Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Brady. Tom Brady, DCE, and uh, and I've said this in the Facebook group, and I'm I am so happy. Look, I'm so that 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 advertisement is a fucking gift in the first place, just because of just the amount of fucking triggering that it does on people, but. The other gift is that they didn't put LeBron in there at all, so <laughs> because it's a, th- a common thing through. Well, maybe it's not our main episodes, but definitely our member sides. That yeah, LeBron has no business being in you know named in, in, in such talk. a lustre in goat talk. Like you know, he doesn't belong in the rarefied air that guys like you know Michael Jordan, um, Daly Cherry Evans, Kobe Bryant, etc. Uh-huh. live in. So <laughs> look so. after that ad, I was shocked to find out that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Ronaldo were all autistic fuckwits. Because um, that's clearly what that ad was showcasing. Um, and, you know, more power to them for, for being actually successful in their sports. So, Just like Daly. Top five player of the year. How fucking good. I'll tell you what, we'd want to win the fucking grand final this year considering we've got the top point scorer fucking three of the top yeah, four try scorers. Yeah. <laughs> three of the top four try scorers, two of the top five players across the season. <laughs> now, um, finally, I think this is the final news, unless you guys have another news article you want to talk about, but no. uh, we mentioned it in the, in, the, in the lines at the start of the show, but the Storm, 
and what we joked about at the start, I think it's actually a great thing that um, the Melbourne Storm have uh, been overwhelmed by their you know, their membership numbers over the last two seasons. And with their ticketed members over the last two seasons due to COVID, uh, they've only had five home games in the last two seasons. So uh, with the Storm having to shift to, to Queensland, originally they had to shift earlier than other teams in 2020 because Victoria was the, you know, the bat-infested hellhole that Sydney now is. Um, so they announced a le- uh, they released a letter on uh, Tuesday night saying that the next season was on them with ticketed members who live in Victoria. They will get their 2022 membership for free. So they're going to lose money of it. They say they're going to, you know, potentially millions of dollars, obviously, because ticket memberships aren't cheap. Uh, but uh, just as a, you know, out of respect of the financial support of their members in the last two years, they've uh, decided to do it. And I think it's, uh, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's really positive. I think they've identified, you know, obviously a great way to give back to, to people that have shown support with their hard-earned, especially... Um, you know, a lot of these people were still forking out for the memberships last year and um, whilst Victoria was locked down in f- for large periods of time. So um, certainly bring people's spirits up, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Much more than, you know, you've got to do something for people living in fucking Melbourne. Oh, you fucking do or they'll protest. Won't they? They'll throw on the foot. They'll go down to Lowe's and get themselves a nice shiny new fucking high vis. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and then and go then and invade the fucking shrine and, of remembrance. Go and chant around Anzac ceremonies. Fucking yeah. Look, Melbourne just continuously proves that anything to do with that state is fucking AIDS. And um, at our earliest convenience, we should just you know do what fucking god has been trying to do and either kill it with bushfires or earthquakes and just use it as a conveniently placed landfill or as you know a giant fucking car park that's it it's a fucking or just plant a disease there i'm not talking about covid i'm talking about grover grovid if you will well, I mean, yeah, that's that's been there for a while and hasn't killed them off yet. Hasn't done the job, has it? Hasn't done a, that was COVID. a good. That was, that, that was, that was, <laughs> to the surprise of absolutely 18. no one, it hasn't done a good enough a job. Straight line isn't very ineffective. <laughs> Prelim finals this weekend. Let's get into the second prelim final. It's on Friday night at Suncorp Stadium, and I am definitely going to that one. The South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles. Um, the Rabbitohs side, no changes from uh, their their victory over the Panthers in the first week of the finals. The Manly side it says here on the on the team list I've got. It says here there are no changes. However, I know for a fact that Brad Parker broke his hand last week. And so he will be replaced by Moses Suley. That is definitely happening. Uh, and they've got Kepi in 16 again. I'm pretty sure that given the uh, the immense success that that experiment had last week, I'm pretty sure he's going to start and Marty will start on the bench. But uh, otherwise, the team's looking pretty good. You got Both Ashley Klein as the referee. Ugh. But uh, look, no one's going to be happy with the referees this weekend. I mean, there's only two games. And you'd think that means that the chances of not getting a cunt are significantly higher because they're not spread across eight. But guess what? Yeah. Both of us 
And I'm talking to you there, Jay. Both of well, us fucking are fucking cunt of Oh, thanks for you clarifying, got, mate. Appreciate you got it. Sutton. You got Sutton and we got Ashley Klein. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, like, not happy, but, yeah, it is what it is. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So, Glenny, you got some thoughts, mate? As a neutral person, I mean, this weekend we uh, we do have the golden opportunity for the first time ever. I mean, we can't, we got close, we got close-ish in 2011, but this is tr- truly the first time that we can that the grand final can be superseded by like the you know the Twill Cup. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's the best opportunity we're going to get, I think, for a, a while. So, um, let's don't hope worry, it Glenn, you're still a person. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not defined by my football team or their performances. Thank fucking goodness for that. I beg to differ, but please continue. <laughs> <laughs> give me your neutral look out. Give us your neutral outlook on this one, mate. I think if if Latrell was playing, uh, I'd give South a much stronger chance. I'd, I think. I think Manly um, yeah, can cool. nullify. What South will do, and I just think that South will just miss that that big punch. And um, Trebojevic, as he showed last week, I think um, he'll he'll be unstoppable, and I think Manly will win. Nice. I I think this one depends very little on what Manly serve up, uh, as in they're going to go out and play the style of game that they've been playing for the last couple of weeks Des seems to have his hands on on those handling errors and and has really minimized them in the game I think this one's going to come down to the South Sydney attitude that comes out there and by that I mean that there are two very distinct South Sydneys there's the the team that played Penrith in week one of the finals and that team was staunch for 80 minutes amazing in defense merciless in attack and just really ground out without ever looking like they were in danger. Then there was the South Sydney team that played Penrith the last couple of rounds of the the regular season. And when shit got hard, Walker got frustrated. Um, Reynolds was doing very little else apart from end of set kicks. He wasn't injecting himself midway through sets. Uh, and that got them absolutely nowhere. So I think the result of this depends more heavily on what South Sydney team we get go out there than anything Manly are going to do. They're going to go out there and Cherry's going to be controlled. Tommy's going to be, you know, fucking somehow bending the laws of physics that cunts can't see this nine foot seven behemoth wrapping around the back and he just appears from behind someone and there's not cover for him. Um you know, Sully's a, a decent cover as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd like I I I, I rate Sully and Parker equal for different reasons. Yep. I think it. like Parker Parker is mostly you know decent in defence, and he's and he's a reliable part of the um <laughs> he's he's great for the crash ball to suck yeah. in a number of defenders te- you know ten meters out and then the next play you know they can you know send it to someone else or they can go you know go behind him to Garrick and but the, you know when Tommy wraps around. The thing is I feel Sully has a bit more of a defensive brain snap in him. Yeah but he has better he has more attack in him in the sense that he's gonna trample cunts. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I think Campbell Graham's going to be, you know, just get trampled a couple of times. However, that trampling isn't necessarily something that's a great thing for the side unless there's an offload at the end of it and he can take advantage of the of the yeah. you know sort of half break that he makes from yeah, that correct. and 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 he needs to be able to stay the fuck out of the way with whatever Tommy and and you know Foran are doing and you know sending it sending it to to Garrick or whatever they want to do so he and then defensively yeah I think defensively with Suli it's all about his it's all about his attitude and I know that um the Polynesian boys in the club are fucking fired up to send him out you know with two wins you know, and a, and a ring, you know, before he leaves. So he's he's extremely popular uh, member of the playing group, and uh, I, those boys are going to be fired up, I think. So hopefully that gives it, that infuses him with the you know the attitude he needs to to you know keep his head up for eighty minutes and on the fucking game in, in terms of the defence, yep. and um, and also you can probably take even though he's on the other side of the field. Now, I mean, he can probably take a little bit away from the the last time that he played Souths in a final as well, when he absolutely fucking trampled Gay Guy mercilessly in that game and was almost, you know, completely responsible for us being in that game. So, look, um, keep the mistakes down. Play like last week, and and keep low mistakes, a good start, and then anything can happen in this game. Um, Kepi, I'm hoping that what he can do is getting the heads of some of the rabbits guys and try and inspire that version of the rabbits that you were talking about earlier. Yep. And uh, because you you don't want the rabbits in that mental mindset where they're they're fucking dominant and everything comes off and they feel like they're unstoppable because every side in the competition that's remaining at this point has this left hand devastating left left side attack. Yeah. So so every right hand side defense in the competition over the next three games is getting fucking terrorized. Yeah. And so they've just got to it's it's gonna come down to, you know, in part whose right hand side can fucking stand up the most against what's coming at them, you know. Um I, I saw that uh, with the Rabbits, although they are they don't have any changes to their seventeen Actually, now I look at it. They haven't. They haven't named in, in, in the twenty-one. I, I heard earlier that um, there was a chance for Mansour to come back in, but I guess he's not in the twenty-one, so it ain't happening. No. So uh, yeah, I, I read. I remember reading earlier that that was a potential, you know, decision that Benny would have to come up with whether he'd uh, go with the experience of a guy like Mansour or the, I guess, I guess the youth and well speed of, of Jackson Paulo. But I guess that's a that's a moot point well, now. He's in I there. Just, and he's locked in. I know. I get the experience thing, but. Mansour, it's not like Mansour's not susceptible to having the yeah, absolute exactly. yeah. fuck. He also, yeah, he also got and, and yeah, he also got kicked to death. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He got he got absolutely absolutely kicked to death, and you can just imagine with a guy like Suli running at him. Well, yeah, how you know when he when he's sta- and, and Tommy when he's standing under a high ball, yeah. So, and uh, of course, you know Blake Tarfey was like super fucking solid under yeah, some was. extreme uh, under some extreme pressure in week one. On some of those kicks, I mean, yeah, you say what you want about Penrith's performance, but I mean, the kicking game was on point. Like he yeah, had he had to defuse some dangerous bombs that were sort of landing from a great height around the around the posts, and you know, just you know, just right on the try line and things like that. So, um, I think like Manly, I think Manly's got a decent bench. I think the forwards they can get over the top of them. 
and I think speed, you know, the backs like line up pretty well. I mean, you know, obviously just you know, the, the, the left-hand side of attack of, of the rabbits is, is fucking amazing. And so, you know, Saab and Harper are going to have to do it on their fucking game. But um, I think we got some points in this as well. And I think of the all the teams left, the Rabbitohs are the ones that are the easiest for us to score points against. Yeah, that's probably so. So, so this week, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm confident that we can be in the game. Yep. And like as I said on Monday, like I think we've achieved par. This is, this is you know, top four, you know, the final four is a great result for this team. But I think they can fucking take it further. So, get in there, boys. <sighs> Next one. The first preliminary final, the Melbourne Storm take on the Penrith Panthers at Suncorp as well. Uh, this one's on Saturday afternoon, so as not to clash with the AFL Grand Final. And the Melbourne Storm side, the Fox is back in the side, and uh, that pushes Lume Lume out of the 17, and that is the only change for the uh, Storm. Panthers, on the other hand, you've got Toto named in 21, mm. and it is I don't know if he's quite ready to roll again. Um <sighs> If he doesn't make it into the side, it's a big issue. I mean, like Naden played well yep. against Parramatta. He had some great moments actually, but it does. But Naden, on his best day, is not fucking carting the ball back through three guys yeah, and getting two hundred meters of return yardage in a single game. It's just so fucking important, especially against the Melbourne Storm side that's going to be kicking them to death into the corners. Mm-hmm. And those extra twenty meters of return that you can get off a of Toto. Uh, are just so are so important. Um, the other really like red flag for me in this game is Mitch Kenny obviously sustained that ankle injury. Yeah. In the game last week, you know, controversial, you know, controversy all around it with the trainer and everything. But his absence has introduced Tyrone May to the bench for the Panthers, which which is the season. That's. <laughs> That's it, you're gone. That's it, yeah. You're conceding because Tyrone May's in the side. Yeah. Yeah. Clandy, go in, give us your neutral outlook first. Before, just, just before Jay. I'm, I'm rocked. Before, by, before I throw Jay an offload. I'm fucking rocked by that comment. But anyway, that's it, we're done. Um, look, Melbourne with a week's rest. Um, that game last week for Penrith, how much has it taken? How much does it take out of them? Um, obviously, you know, Kenny's out as you, as you just mentioned. Um, if Tot if Toto plays, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. And there's a lot of players playing at this stage of the season that aren't a hundred percent. But and Cleary, who knows? Like it's an undetermined percent that he's at at the moment. And, and fucking I, I didn't look, say, it did not look good at the end of that game. Yeah, I, I will say I was interested to hear Jay's thoughts. Um, in the last episode about Cleary's shoulder, you know, like it's, is it, is that a general feeling in the, in the sort of fan base that it is that much touch and go with his shoulder? I I don't think it's a feeling in the fan base. Um, I think people that watched the game saw how he was Mm. at the end a couple of, a couple of times. Word from inside the club is that it's not great. Yeah. Okay. And for a player who, you know, was only realistically very recently back and still finding his form. But he's also not a half that, that hides in defence either. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, he he, but, he doesn't shirk his responsibilities there. No, hundred percent. Um, and and it doesn't take away what he can do with his boot you know, to a large degree, but there's going to be some issues with with him wanting to push it. Yeah, you know, and and here's the whole thing. Back to if we think back to oh, well, that's how I did mine. <laughs> tell me. Tell me how confident you would be if you had half a bung shoulder putting massive effort and throwing a long cutout pass with it. Yeah. You know? Um, Certainly wouldn't want to be fucking trying, putting in a position where I've got to tackle uh, yeah. Nelson as of Solomona. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It just happens to be trying at me. So, so or... Everything you've said is, is true. The Melbourne Storm were the benchmark in the competition. Um, they had two weeks to rest their guys who may have been feeling like remember Munster was only just into the side again in the first week of the finals he's had two weeks to get himself 100% or whatever yeah and the game last week Glenn as you alluded to took a massive toll on them Mm. this is going to need a mammoth performance Uh, yeah a a la last week where they just kept showing up for 80 minutes I, I can't remember the amount of times that I was thinking to myself last week, they're gassed. It opens up here. They've got nothing left. They are fucking gone. It opens up here. And they just kept getting it done. Albeit a very different opposition this week. Um, It's possible. It's not at all fucking likely. I think when you you add up the removal of To'o, the constant reshuffling of that back line, clearly not being 100%, Kenny gone, they would need it for it to be a perfect storm to, to win this week. Well, I think they have it in them again. I, don't, I just don't think it's likely. Yeah, it's like you can't even really rely on, you know, like a a fortunate occurrence, like a storm player, you know, getting injured or something through the game to throw them into this array because when you've got Harry Grant sat there on the bench and you've got Nico Hines sat there on the bench, yeah. there's, there's any number of reshuffles that they can probably – do on the fly that still keeps them super, you know, super effective. Um, the big, the, the big things about this game, I think, is the Storm when they get those half chances, they're going to take the, you know, they're going to take the opportunity and finish them off and, t- and turn them into tries. Yep. Uh, they're, they're also going to create more of those half chances, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, than the Eels do. They've got their their attack is far more potent than the Eels. Yeah. Um, and I just wor- worry about you know you're just going to have guys. Like you, know, your, your Nelsons and your Jesse Bromwich are just going to be fucking running at Cleary. Yeah, exactly. Without without mercy for the entire game, and I just hope that the game's decided by, you know, it's just the game. It's a game of football where everyone does their bit and one team does it better, rather than like a situation where Cleary's just f- fucked out of the game straight away. Yeah, you know, because then you have got Tyrone May and yeah, I think the difference. I said um, in uh, the last episode where Parramatta didn't have that that punch in attack, so they they forward their forwards muscled up and and got to a point where they created enough space for the backs, but outside of Moses, um, they they didn't have enough. You know, Gutherson didn't bring enough to the table to to create those chances, but. 
I think Melbourne have the capacity to to do the same thing physically through the forwards, but then yeah, their exactly. backs their backs with more space and more time are far more potent and far more dangerous than what Parra brought to the table. So that's um, it. I agree. I think Penrith. I think Penrith can do it, uh, but there's a few uh, there's a few factors that you have to consider aren't looking like they're going to go Penrith's way. That's it. In this yep. game, so. Sorry to say, I'm going to have to tip Melbourne. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad to say as well because I'd much rather have a, a Manly Panthers grand final yeah, just, for look, the fucking, be just for the boys. It would be but, great. Um, but... but, you know, if, if we got a 40 nil these cunts again, then so, you know, so fucking be it. Don't want to do it again. <laughs> but I think, I think, the, I feel like the Storm are going to win convincingly. And I don't mean they're going to win by a shitload of points. But I think it's yeah, going to be this game where it just the performance is there, where it just feels like they're not in any real danger. They're kind of in control the whole time. Yeah. And, and I think know, Melbourne it. had their shit the bed moment a few a few weeks ago. Yeah, they had they had it at the perfect time. The wake up yeah. call at the perfect time. Yeah. And I mean, I'd like to think that Manly had the wake up call at the perfect time too against the Storm a couple of weeks ago. But um, the Panthers haven't really had that moment. They've just been scraping by. Yeah, and because the South game. Despite whatever whatever Penrith did, I mean the South game was still a fucking one score game. Yeah, you that's know, it. Um, and and that's that's and that's the the real thing that I worry with the Panthers. I've I've got I've got supreme confidence in their defence and their commitment in defence, and nothing's going to happen easily in terms of scoring points for the Storm. I get that, but the problem is that you just got to take your opportunities when you get them, and I I still think they're kind of head fucked in attack a little bit. Correct. And I don't think Tyrone May is going to be the fucking medicine that fixes that. No, he is not. So, uh, but everyone, I can speak for everyone in the community and the Twill Nation community that uh, they're hoping the Panthers get there. Look, every decent human being will barrack against the Storm. Yeah. You know, because the Storm are essentially the rich private school kids of the competition. You know, the, and their fans will go on about, oh, why do you keep talking about cheating? It's in the past. Why do you talk about the past? Well, that's how all Storm fans talk. <laughs> but what I say to them is that... That's the Melbourne accent, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's so long ago. Why do you bring it up all the time? And give me a potato cake. Um, but essentially, it's like having two kids. You know, they both go through through school and then they both go through university and they get exactly the same marks um they ended up at the exact same un- you know university course and they get the exact same marks and they both go into the exact same career in the exact same industry however kid a uh, their family owns five properties and then uh they they inherit those five properties and child b their parents own nothing and they're just you know earning what they get off their own sweat and hard work in 10 years time you know all, all things being equal you know, things like you know not not um johnny mannering yourself or uh you know brett dallasing yourself which one of those kids yeah, is, I think in brett, a, is in a better yeah, position brett Dallasing is probably more yeah in life yeah, yeah, so you're saying that you're saying that the 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 uh, the child that grew up without anything and has the, more of a the work com- ethic or a desire to no the compounded benefits of ill-gotten gains 
mm-hmm. continue to manifest well down the line. Are you so, sure that? Are you sure that? Are you sure that the, the 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 rich kid in your scenario? Are you sure that he doesn't just put it all up his nose? Yeah, but even if he did, <laughs> the rent money he gets in from his five properties keeps him going. Well, yeah. I see. Oh, he's okay. He's inherited those properties. That's right. it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. He's too big to fail now. Yeah. Right. And you're saying that's where the storm are at the moment. Well, essentially, that's what the storm are because they cheated yeah. so convincingly for so long. Those gains led them to a place where they retained talent illegally. That talent has begotten more talent. So yeah. essentially, this is the compounded advantage of cheating. Sure, and they might have had you know, and, and when and when the whole cheating thing came out, I mean, sure, you know, they might have had to knock their they had to knock the shed down, and uh, well, they, 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 they might have like, had to pay a tax bill. Oh, yeah, ATO. Yeah. Oh, a bit of extra tax this year. Okay, we're very sorry. Can we go on a payment plan? Please, interest-free tax office. No worries at all. So, and the fact that Melbourne fans don't actually see this and understand this explains why um, people in that state often take their medical advice from tradies. It's, it's even, just even, an wor- even worse than tradies. State. People who cosplay as tradies. <laughs> <laughs> they, can't, they, can't, they can't even be fucked to like you know dress up as a character from like a you know, demon slayer or something they just fucking go down to Lowe's and grab some highbies and chuck it on and fucking hey look at me I'm Bob the Builder I've got a fucking flare, give me some bro. horse paste bro I've got a fucking flare I'm letting my fucking flare off Ivermectin shed my colon <laughs> Exciting news down here in Australia, folks. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package. The ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard it right. It's 4.0 now, baby. Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new Performance Package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION. Unheralded benefit. Everyone that has your Manscaped products, what I advise you to do now is go to your bathroom, put your hands in the air, and use that miraculous 4.0 on your underarms. We talk a lot about how your balls will thank you or making sure your mum doesn't choke on pubes, all these things. But... One of the unheralded advantages is how much fresher, cleaner, and less stinky you are with smooth as balls, literally, armpits. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. That 7,000 RPM motor makes your life cleaner and smell better. Get on it, you stinky fucks. <laughs> you can seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, their crop preserver, ball deodorant for leaving the house, and crop reviver ball toner for a mid-game ball check. I use these. I came out into the house, gave my wife a little kiss on the cheek in the kitchen. Still have my towel wrapped around me because I'm a 
I'm a I'm fucking bang up for the sexy times in the kitchen. She said, "You smell so fucking good, so good." She said, "What deodorant? What cologne are you wearing?" Said, "Babe, it's my balls. Do you want to have a smell?" She declined politely, but I can tell you, your missus might just say, "You know what? I'm just going to have a little whiff." Whip him out. Let me have a little whiff, and the crop preserver, and the reviver. Just the sexy time will be coming your way. You can thank us for it later. How lucky are you that you didn't walk into the kitchen and she went, have you been to see Nate? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you smell like Nate's balls? (laughs) Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. Throw it in all caps. Your balls have been through enough this past year. Treat them with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. Let's open up the mailbag, folks. And uh, this week we'll uh, start off with... uh, Troy, uh, actually providing some value oh, fucking for stop the first it. time. Look, I'm fucking Gen- shocked. I've yeah, never Gen- seen a Troy provide value for anything. Hey, has he not slid into your DMs and provided some value? Oh, apparently it's yours where that's happening. <laughs> uh, he says, gents, given the furor around the pen of trainer and stoppages in the game, is it a no win for the NRL? The refs and the governing body have come under fire for not doing enough to protect the players, but when changes were made, it has resulted in many suspect calls by all clubs in relation to stoppages and interchanges. Is there a solution to this drama? I think if they try and find a solution, the clubs will just keep gaming the system because that's what they do to try and find any advantage along the way. Yeah, and I mean, it was a real process. The the, the problem with the the Penrith situation that last game was it was a real process driven you know they they didn't there was an established process which they didn't follow and so the NRL was forced to act on it I mean it was obviously a mistake on uh, from Klein at the time on the field which you know whether it had ramifications or not I mean it probably did you know deny Parramatta of uh, of some momentum during one of their final attacking raids in the game um and the game shouldn't have been stopped, based you know, a on the a on the injury and b on the the, the fact that the trainer, yeah, made his assessment from the sideline, and I think it's only, yeah, and they've had to, he's had to answer for that assessment now with you know, by being suspended for the rest of the year, and with a you know a a, a nominal fine coming the way of the club. Mm. So look, I think only no matter what the system is, there's always going to be a way to game it. And uh, so, so look, I don't think it's a no-win situation so much because I don't think that these stoppages happen that much. This again, last one was the most prominent one. Again, here's the thing. This is a perfect storm, right? So if Penrith had not fucked up four of those other tries earlier in the game, no one cares. Um, at its base fucking level, it's base level the issue is that the belief is that a trainer must make a proper medical assessment 
before requesting stoppage of a game. Yep. What's happened here is the trainer has, and if you read what Penrith have written about it, essentially believes they have just seen a player break their ankle, which they will then go on to see to show that, you know, as of whenever it was the, the next day, that his ankle was the size of a fucking volleyball and his toes had turned black. So that trainer witnessing that event happen had reason to believe that there was a snapped ankle out there. But the trainer didn't stop the game. The touch judge still has to signal to the referee and the referee still has to stop the game. Yeah. So I have no fucking idea why the blame's coming back on the Penrith trainer. If he's thinking someone's broken their ankle and he's running out there going, fuck this, stop the game, stop the game, stop the game, he must believe that that's a proper medical assessment that if you've seen someone break their ankle, shit needs to be looked at, you know? At the end of the day, if the touch judge doesn't tell the referee to stop the game, if the touch judge says, you need to wait till you're out there and look at him, I'm not going to tell him to stop the game until you do that, none of this shit happens. Mm. None point. of this shit happens. Yeah. Okay. So the so the um the the NRL side of things is saying that uh, trainers mustn't signal to the referee to stop the play until an initial assessment has been performed, which was not done, and then it comes down to the, what your definition of serious injury is as well, I suppose. And I I, would, I, get, I assume that the Panthers, you know, maintain that uh, a suspected broken ankle is a is a serious injury. But hang on, no. To go back from that, and this is why the the NRL thing's bullshit. It was the touch judge that signaled to the ref to stop the game. Yeah, but that would have been because the trainers said to the touch judge to exactly. So if the trainer said that to the touch judge, why is the touch judge signaling to the referee when the trainer is still running onto the field? Yeah, they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean the touch judge shouldn't have taken it from there. They should have stopped it. You know, nipped it in the bud or whatever. Correct. But um, but yeah. So I guess they've got to. uh, respond to the breach and they've still got a couple of days I think before you know to actually respond to that breach but it looks like green's out there for uh, for the rest of the season so um Stephen here's another incident from the game I have a possible solution to the Fergo fake in- or the Fergo injury fake incident I'm not sure if a penalty can be reversed based on an injury being faked however I think they could easily judge such actions to be bringing the game into disrepute in such a scenario, the penalty stands, but Fergo gets 10 in a bin and possibly a game or two suspension. Surely this wouldn't need to be enforced more than once or twice to stop the tactic in its tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need to. I, I, I Honestly, I just think for situations like that, you just go, well, you know, we're blowing a penalty because the situation, you know, seemed to be this. The situation but, is not that. But upon but upon review, I mean, because there, there are heaps of times where a penalty is not given, but the guy stays down long enough, so it gives the bunker an opportunity to have a look at things. And often they'll be just like, no, nah, just get up and play it. Yep. Yeah, we didn't see nothing in there. Get up and play it. So I, I don't think anyone would have a problem with them saying, no, there was nothing yeah. in that. The penalty, we've overruled the penalty from the on-field referee, mm-hmm. and it is instead just, you know, get up and play the ball. Stop stop milking your fucking sook. I don't yeah. think you need to go towards like the whole thing like removing the penalty and then giving it the other way and then, you know, sending guys to the bin and all that sort of stuff because I just think if you're not rewarding the behaviour, then the behaviour stops. You know, simple as that. I mean yeah. they're gonna stop they they're gonna they're gonna stop doing it if the milking's 
being reviewed by the bunker, you know, in real time, and it's not being rewarded with a penalty, or it's being or it's being punished with the penalty being removed. Um, this oh, was something I actually want to talk about. If, if someone does go down clutching their neck, they assume he's milking, and then he reveals that he's got vertebrae damage or something like that. They'll be fucked then. Well, if you've got vertebrae damage, I would suggest don't jump up like a fucking... <laughs> yeah. Like, you've, like, yeah, like you're, you're perfectly right. okay you're once right. the whistle blows, you know? Yeah, exactly. um, Terry, has, uh, this is something I wanted to bring up during the Penrith game, but I forgot, so I'm glad he's written this. Um, with Fisher-Harris either injured or just out of form, should Ivan rotate him to the bench and start with T- TPJ? And my question that I wanted to ask you when we were talking about the Penrith thing is what the fuck's up with Fisher-Harris at the moment? So... Man, I think it's just been a long year. Hey, he wasn't he wasn't terrible though. No, he was I mean, he st- he still got he still got like a, you know over hundred meters and yeah, I mean he, he did his job, but he just wasn't <clears throat> as rampant. And yeah. his first exchange, first exchanges, um, in his opening stint in the South game, yeah, I I didn't have major problems with that. I thought no. he was ripping. But him. he he's that guy who you know he has those matches where where he's outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. He's a leader on the field. But on his worst day, what he's going to do is run up against somebody because he's not physically intimidating. Like if you look at his stats in terms of his height and weight, he gives away a lot in both categories to a lot of the guys. And Parramatta's forward pack are big. They're Mm -hmm. fucking big. But he will go out there and he will throw himself at them again and again and again and again. I think it's more around the fact that he seems to be doing a bit more of it by himself. You know, the mm. because the edges aren't as dangerous, Penrith aren't doing that thing at the moment where they're going to have three cracks at you from the side each set. So they're resorting to a little bit more of that vanilla set construction. Yep. And there's just more opportunity to, to shut him down early. So, yeah, I'm not sure he's exactly in a form. But again, like, fucking go and throw yourself at a brick wall for 80 minutes once a week. And then after 26 weeks, see how much you feel like doing it or, or how enthusiastic you are about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he'll be right this week. John says, uh, with Toto named 21, the Edwards captaincy, players in moon boots, general soreness, etc., is Ivan trying to get his hardest to get Melbourne to ride off the Panthers? Yeah, I, look, I don't think that's Ivan's go. Um, Ivan's tried the mind game things two weeks ago and and came off second best. Yeah, that's it. Spectacularly, I don't I don't think a mind game coach is really in his. Yeah, again, last year when Penrith had their dream run, they had that blessed year where they they were as injury free as you could expect any team to be. Yeah, you know, um, Melbourne have it at the moment where where they had injuries. They had spectacularly talented cover, you know, and they were long-term injuries that allowed that to to really solidify. Um, yeah, I, I just think there's fucking players that are hurt. To be frank, yeah, seems to be very Penrith flavoured though so far this mailbag. But here we go. As again. everything should be, from, everything's from, fucking from, better. From Chris, if Penrith lose on Saturday, is the season considered a failure? Not at all. Not at all. Why? Again, the fucking sacrifice that that team made to wrestle State of Origin back to its rightful fucking owners and then look what the rest of you sorry cunts did when we didn't give you Cleary and Luai for game three 
you know, that's why you can't have nice things. You fans of other team fucks. Glenny. But essentially, again, with with the injuries that they've had during this season, with the disruptions that they've had, you know, um, backing up from such a successful year last year, the complete relocation to Queensland, um, Appy Coruscant playing the second half of the season without a scrotum. I was going to say without a wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, look, there are some things that used to dangle between his legs that now sit in her handbag, not yes. metaphorically, not metaphorically. <laughs> but yeah, again, to look like you said, mate, to to make the top four, you finish in you finish in the top four. You know, that's par. So the season's not a failure. Um, there were a couple of things I would have liked to have gone. You're top two though. You're top two though. So you got to make actually make it in the final two. No, not at all. <laughs> so that's not at that's all. par for you. Um, but there's there's still room to build for next year. The talent pool's a little bit slimmer next year, so they're going to have to work a little bit harder. Um, with some of what they're losing uh, to get fucked up at Canterbury. But, yeah, in in no ways, I think, the year of failure. I, I, don't, I wouldn't see it as a failure, given how deep they've gone into the finals. But um, I have concerns over Cleary's ability. If, if they don't win the comp this year... I I doubt Ivan Cleary's ability to get them over the hump mentally. And and I think they're a, a fantastic side and they have all the potential, and I've said this to a few people, they've got all the potential to have a fucking dynasty for many years and, and one that we haven't quite seen before given how all these blokes have played together since they you know, so many of them played together since they were 15. The, the willingness that those guys will have to continue to play together and probably take lower price deals to stay at Penrith. But is clearly the coach to get them mentally over the hump if, if they fall short this year. That's well, you got to remember as well that before Cleary, before Cleary had this generational assembly of of juniors that had played together since they were fucking fetuses mm. arrive on his lap, he was like a fucking like forty seven percent career coach or something. Yeah, like and and he and and he and I don't think his coaching has a lot to do with this with this side. Um, certainly, it's, I think it's like twenty percent of it compared to eighty percent of just having this generation. Yes, someone has to take crop the of onus. kids that have all come, that have all matured at the exact same time. So here's come the thing: the race if, together. if not Ivan, who? That's that's yeah, my point. Well, someone has to take the onus, and you've got a young nucleus of kids that are going to have some mental fractures if they fall yeah. short again this year. That's my two cents. But ah, uh, look again. I think if. <clears throat> If coaches and, and sporting teams are good at anything, it's it's finding plausible deniability. Mm. And I don't think looking at having, you know, one poor game against South Sydney is essentially the sliding doors moment for where they are. 
you know, because it, given that didn't happen, they're on the other side of the draw, they breeze through to the grand final, and all of a sudden it's, well, you know, you got to the same place you did last year, tough. Mm. Yeah. Uh, whereas at the moment, it's, well, your year was riddled with injuries to all of your major contributors, um, but you still fought back and did this, 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 this. I don't think that's a hard conversation to have with the playing group. I actually think it would be harder if they'd have beaten Souths, made it to the grand final, if they'd have gotten beaten again. I think that would have definitely give them some fucking demons. Mm. But they'll be able to to square this one up in their mental ledger. And look, the thing with Ivan Cleary is that, I mean, for as long as their best player is um, at the club, I don't think Ivan's got a lot to worry about. Mm. To be perfectly honest. Fair. Um, Shane, so does there a bigger fall from Grace than Ash Taylor? A million a year to unwanted anywhere except as depth. Only one that comes to mind as similar is maybe foreign. Even Milf was good for a while before falling into mediocrity. Yeah, foreign was obviously, you know, almost to the point of being medically retired. Mm. So, and, and Ash Taylor hasn't really had, uh, you know, terrible injuries to overcome. And nor, nor did Milford for that matter. But it's a pretty fucking. It, it's a it's a pretty big fall from Grace. I mean, Milford's was a pretty good one, but Can he's I sort of been picked up and potentially I, resurrected by Souths. I think they're vastly different in that Milford's fall from Grace has been predominantly based on his performances on the football field, mm. whereas Ash Taylor's fall from Grace has been set up. He was a victim of that time period. That was the whole Ben Hunt is worth a yeah. million dollars a year. Um, find a halfback that's half decent and throw yeah. seven figures which, at him. Which I, I hate the, the fact that the player ends up being the one copying the flack because what is the kid, you know, or kid or what is the player supposed to do? Someone th- offers him a million bucks or his manager gets him a deal for a million bucks and he's supposed to turn around and go, no, nah, just give me 500. In a perfect world, fucking yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seriously. If, if I came to you right now and said, Glenn, I will pay you $2 million bucks a year, but I want you to be the Chief Financial Officer of Rio Tinto, and everyone's going to know who you are, and everyone's going to know what job you perform. Do you say to me, fuck yeah, I'll do that? Or do you say to me, look, let me go away and do a finance degree for four years? I'm a little underqualified for that job. <laughs> But, in, but in Ash theory, Taylor's not underqualified to play seven in an NRL side, given no, he was already doing it. But he was underqualified to be a, a million-dollar-a-year player. Like a franchise yeah. Yeah. halfback, yeah. You know, so, yeah. He doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't think that, though. No, that, that's what you need to be a successful sports person, but... Mm. Um, the, thing, the, the thing with Ash Taylor is that I... He's, he's currently in Toowoomba, Surrounded by an echo chamber and of people that are obviously the same people that were pumping his tires up before he yeah. got to the NRL. You? <laughs> no. At the, at the fucking local carnival? Absolutely not me. But you're only one you ever got right. <laughs> I mean, he did, he did play halfback for the Broncos for a, for a minute. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, oh, I, it's, see, a dangerous, er, it's a dangerous fucking else. place for Ash Taylor to be, my point. It, it, Everyone else will yeah. have no idea, but that was the most fucking stinging barb <laughs> that has ever been delivered on this show. Oh, fucking come on now. 
<laughs> so what's he going to? So what's he doing up? What's he? He's going to be playing playing. Uh... Oh, he'll he'll play A grade here in Toowoomba. Yeah, but... yeah. Um, Travi Travi Burns is still running around up here. Fuck, fucking how good! He'd be killing it too in that level. He still looks fucking fit, eh? <laughs> he still looks very fit. Ash Taylor, yeah. I'm not sure he's going to look very fit. Playing it, is a pre- it, is, it is a big fall from grace in the sense that, yeah, he's gone from a million dollars to nothing. Mm. To unwanted. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I get you. Um, now, where are we? Uh, Ryan said, if the NRL really wanted to punish Penrith, they'd force the trainer to play number seven instead of Cleary for the game this week. <laughs> well, yeah. Of course, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the 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 trainer could catch the attention of the of the the touchline <laughs> touchline referee, so perhaps he could uh, replace Dylan Edwards because he's proven he can fucking catch something <laughs> in the game. <laughs> um, <sighs> where are we? Uh, I'll get these manly questions out of there, boys. Yes, Tommy Turnbull is amazing. We know. Um, yeah, here's one. It's from Nathan. He said, "Thoughts on Olam being invited to the awards night because because Munster and social media had a whinge. Did you hear about this? You know, no. you got your team. You got your team of the year, and you know, you have got like your center of the year. Mm. And um, Justin Olam wasn't included in the short list of like you know four or five players that was that was going through for the the award next Monday night. And um, yeah, social media and and, and Munster have had a whinge. Wise, you know." He's one of the best centers in the game. Why isn't he in there? And the NRL's actually gone, oh, yeah, whoops, how bad. You can come too. You're up for the award now as well. <laughs> <laughs> it, really does, it really does make him boss because he's fucking stupid. Yeah, I think the, the, the excuse they gave was it was an administrative error. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you sure, know. sure it was. Um, Biggest says, best case scenario, the podcast teams, asterisk, are in the grand final. If it doesn't, can I safely assume that the podcast will be strongly behind the Benji Marshall Dream Ring Team? Oh, fuck. The podcast won't be behind anyone that's not our own team. How the fuck do you not know that by now? <laughs> will our support for Benji to go out with another <sighs> ring outside of the West Tigers? No. Well, if our teams, if both of our teams don't make it, then we're we're looking at a South Storm Grand Final. What is the best case scenario there for us, collectively? I think the only good thing about any of it is is Benji perhaps getting ring. Probably right? be it. I mean, when, I hadn't really thought about it before I saw that question. Yeah, well, but well, Adam, Ren- Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I wouldn't mind but, seeing that before he goes. Getting his final win in rugby league. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but if again, if that happens, I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't yeah. hate on it, but I'm not sitting yeah. there wishing for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But look, it's a moot point anyway. One of us are getting through at least. At least one of us are going to get through. Yeah, whoever that is. Yeah, let the bodies hit the floor. Um, Matthew says rumors of Gus and Pasco negotiating a, tra- a player trade. So it's a question for Glenn. Would you prefer Brooks or Flanagan as your halfback, <laughs> and why? Uh do you remember we had this conversation at Redcliffe, Nate? Um, I'd still, I'd still pick Brooks. I don't yeah. get, I don't get the. Try to talk you out of it. I don't get the Flanagan Junior hype. Don't get yep. it. And and then he goes on to ask. Um, well, it also comes and, with the potential of Flanagan Senior. Mm. He can be there instead of Snoopy. <laughs> 
He said, Flano, get Blue the shirt. fucking get, get the fucking syringes ready. <laughs> get some fuck, get some fucking peptides in the boys behind the post. Fuck, I wish I knew the names of some peptides. Yeah. Like I, I um, found my Y. It's fucking YZ76 <laughs> fucking batch two. <laughs> and he and he goes on to ask um yourself and why butyrol. Um and he asked myself and, and UJ, how good would do, will Dewey look in the blue and white next year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, when I he just, leaves. Sorry, you go. I was going to say, when when he leaves and when their fullback leaves, um, that that will be the West Tigers' final form. Yep. They'll cease, they will cease to be in a fucking game at that point. Imagine Gus Gould... And Justin Pascoe at the negotiation table. My goodness. What a one yeah. one sided fucking bloodbath like, that would that's be. Like, it's like when you it's like when you're negotiating with a toddler. Okay, Gus. What do you say? <laughs> Here's a West Tigers show bag. <laughs> it's got all our players in it. Did, did you see that someone someone put that in our Facebook group today? The the CEO of the Tigers had to do a fucking you know, photo op, and so he's got a team, uh, a like a framed poster of the squad on his windowsill. But it was that new; he hadn't taken those white cardboard bits, those off cardboard the corner corners, yeah, of the frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's tremendous. You know, it's nearly they can't hurt you anymore, Glenny, for this year anyway. <laughs> nearly in a week or two. <laughs> Finally. Um, Anthony said, uh, Storm offering free membership renewals for 2022 for all its members. How much money does this cl- club have and how? Well, I think they've stated that, you know, they're going to lose millions from from this particular move. I think it's just a, I guess they feel like they've they've robbed millions from their fans for the last two years, given that they've paid for ticketed memberships and they could only uh, successfully deliver five of those, Oof. like 20 games, 25 games, I suppose. So they feel like they've given them 20% of their cumulative value over the last two, last mm. two years. And so now they're just going to, you know, throw a year to make it all better and hope the flu, the bat flu pisses off and they can actually deliver some of those games, I guess. But yeah, look, I think it's a great gesture. It's uh, probably, probably not the greatest move, uh, you know, in a business sense, but I think as far as like sentiment yeah. and... PR and everything like that, and just warm fuzzies from their their core core group of supporters being their ticketed members. I think it's it's a it's a great thing. Nice. On that note, fellas, that is full time for episode four thirty six. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, to find the links to our various social media communities, Patreon, and more, head to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And fuck, we did see some reviews come in for the uh, the competition, which yeah, is good. going to be uh, the winner of the the review that we get over the next couple of weeks that we consider to be the best. Uh, they're going to take away a uh, brand new Manscaped Weed Whacker. Weed whacker. So uh, to get rid of all those stubborn hairs that you find in your dickhole. Um, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Twill Nation. Come join the fun. Additional episodes merch and more to our wonderful patrons and i uh, just want to welcome a new patron uh josh 
who has just topped mine because I just saw the notification come in. Uh, so thank you, sir. Um, now, tipping. Sumbach is on top by one point with three games left to go. Then we go back to a bit of a log jam there with Drew's, uh, Drew's drop kicks. Do Hig, Wayne, JS, Ben Diggity, M. Jonesy, Chev Mate, and uh, Mitch Rich. And then rounding out the top 10, we have Mr. Bo Jangles and Dan Glenn Wang. Uh, one point behind. So we're two points from 10th to 1st with three games to go. So I think this this weekend, we'll, we'll obviously it will decide it, I think, because I, I think there's you know there's legitimate chance that both of the games could go either way. Yeah. This, you know, some, sometimes you get these rounds where it seems to be pretty much foregone conclusion. I mean, even last week, I think people would have picked both of those results, not anticipating the Penrith one would have been such a battle, yeah. but I think that most people would have got two out of two that week. So, But this week, I think you know, there's legitimate chances for uh, for any of the teams to win, so it will definitely uh, decide the, uh, the finals. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you would like to add before we pull the pin this evening? Not at all. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, mate. I'm a very polite person, Nathan. I've always said that about myself. Aren't you just? So I think we'll leave it there. We'll talk to you guys on uh, Sunday. I think we'll get the one out this week, I think. I think Sunday sounds reasonable. we only got games on Friday and Saturday this weekend coming up. So uh, That's it. We'll uh, talk to you guys then. I'll talk to you gentlemen then. Later. See ya. Go Manly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.